Welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Again podcast. Today's episode is an interview with Ben and Andrea, a lovely mixed faith couple who navigated Ben's deconstruction together and have been willing to share their story with all of us. In this interview, we talk about those first difficult conversations, about therapy and how that was instrumental for them, and about all the things they learned about themselves and about each other as they went through this life change. In addition, we explore some of the very practical ways in which they have been able to make their mixed faith relationship work for them. I loved this conversation, and I think you will get a lot out of it as well. With all that being said, let's hear from Ben and Andrea, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, you two, and thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having us. Yes. Yeah. So I would love if you could just briefly introduce yourselves um, and then share kind of where you're each at in terms of uh, your faith. Let's go first. You go first. Me go first. All right. Um, So my name's Ben. Uh, I grew up in the Bay Area in California. Um, I I say that like I kind of, I did grow up in church, but I wasn't from a like religious family. Like we went, I went to church when I was a kid, like going to Sunday school and stuff. But um no one in my family was super serious about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then when I got to middle school, I joined like the, you know, super cool hip youth group they had there. And that was where I like became a Christian. And this was like a suburban white evangelical church. Uh, Sure. And, you know, I think probably most of our listeners here would recognize a lot of it if they went there. Yeah. Um, And that, at that point, like I kind of became the most like spiritual person in my family. Um, like I, my dad, not really at all. My mom went every Sunday, but she, you know, was not as serious as I was. Um, okay. And, uh, and so I was like very involved in middle school, very involved in high school, started going on mission trips. When I went to college, I was like, I need to find a Christian group. Uh, so I found InterVarsity at the University of Oregon and joined that, was like way into that. Yeah. And then I went on staff with them. Um, for about 10 years and uh, left staff just, I don't know, I think it was about five years, five, six years ago. Time has no meaning anymore. So I don't know. Yeah. No, um, I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think kind of during that time, particularly after I joined university, I, I started to just become, I think dissatisfied with kind of like the company line in, inter- in um, evangelicalism. And so like, I was always drawn to like, asking more questions about stuff and like trying to see if the Bible could be like more interesting and more, um, I don't know, alive is maybe a good word. Like then I'd been kind of, then I would experience before. And I think sure, I largely sure. like found that. And I was, I kept being drawn to voices a little more on the outside of things who were like, is it really this or could it be something else? And who always seemed to me to be people who were, more generally like loving towards people who were on the outside a little more. Sure. Um, Yeah. I felt like kind of like Rob Bell's or the Rachel Held Evans type people. I was, I was drawn to. Um, Okay. And through that, you kind of get exposed to different questions and different things come up. And I, I remember just, I I don't, I wish I had like a list, like, but I remember like questions and, and doubts and things would pop up here and there. And I go, huh, that's an interesting thing to think about. I don't know what to do with that. And also I'm full-time employed by a ministry. So like, I don't really want to like deal with this question right now. Yeah. There's um, not really space to deal with that in that context. Yeah, Cause you're, you know, sure. your, your paycheck is kind of threatened by it amongst yeah. like, and also like all of your social relationships and everything. Yeah. Um, and I think those started to kind of pile up. And then when I left staff, Um, I kind of was like, oh, I, I'm, my paycheck is not based on what I believe anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I had some realization like, oh, I, I can actually right now decide what I do and don't believe about things. And that was a really big deal to like, realize like, oh, I don't have to believe this anymore. Sure. If I don't feel that I can. Um, and so I would, I would start, I would think to myself like, okay, let's be real. Like, do I think Jesus can like heal someone who's sick? I was like, honestly, no, Mm -hmm. I don't. 
And like, I can actually go like, I don't believe that. I don't yeah. have to like, explain that away. I don't have to like make some weird roundabout theological way where it's just not yet. We'll wait, you know, or like God yeah. uses the doctors. Um, but I was like, I just don't think he will. And I realized, Oh, even when I was like preaching this stuff and teaching it to people, like, I would preach on Jesus feeding the 5,000, but never once did I say, so let's go get our food and see if we can feed your whole dorm with your lunch. Yeah. It was always like, oh, you know, you, your small effort that you make can have a big impact, which is true, but that's not what happens in the story. Like the story is Jesus literally feeds people. And I go, I just don't believe that can happen. Uh And, and, and then. So through, let me ask a question quick here. So through all this, had you two already been married and yeah okay okay we, we so maybe met andrea catch scene. me up andrea yeah, catch me up in. a little bit then i'm like <laughs> i'm getting you're in the story no that's fine that's fine <laughs> yeah so we um we've been married for almost 10 years we met through our work with intervarsity okay um and so i guess i mean five years ago was like halfway the halfway point of when we've currently been married yeah but then like started expressing I think more of those doubts are articulating them or even there was a point where uh, you took a sabbatical and it was pretty clear he wasn't coming back to work for university after that. Okay. And I think that's when he started. That's when I experienced you externalizing yeah. more, more of those um, questions. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. So, all right. Yeah. So you're up to that point where Ben, you've recently started to, feel like you're able to express those doubts or at least like acknowledge them for yourself, maybe yeah. for the first time. Um, yeah. What did that, what did those first conversations look like? Or are you not even there yet? Like, had you guys been talking about these things together or like, what was that like? Uh, not really. I don't think we were, we, we talked about faith and life and, and, cause that stuff was like part of our lives and it mattered to us. But as far as me having like serious doubts where I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Mm-hmm. That wasn't something we were really talking about. And I think there was a piece going on too, where so much of our connection had been about the external thing that we did together. So yeah. there was the faith piece, then we worked together. Like, and that was really normal in our world. Like when we right. even looked around at other couples, that wasn't just normal. That was kind of like, goals to end up with someone in the same industry yeah. as you doing the same thing and you're just yeah. gonna ride off into the sunset you're having, this ministry power couple right, you know like students right. look at us like that's what we want too right and so <laughs> i i certainly didn't know how to ask i didn't want to know right if there was more going on or ben had sure. to, i didn't want to explore my own questions and some of it was because it just felt like i didn't feel like i had the tools or even know how to do that because it didn't fit with the story that we were both had seen. And then I think we're trying to live up to in our own relationship. That makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, you like, you basically have like reached the peak. I mean, I I felt like that Katie and I felt like that where that's, that's your goal, you know, is to be in ministry together. Both of you are like loving and serving God together. Your whole life is aligned, like work, faith, ministry, everything is just like flowing. Yeah. I get that. I I totally understand that. (laughs) Definitely. Like I get to, you know, we, we have, uh, we get to like plan our, like the you know group meetings that we're doing. And we get to go to these like big area staff meetings together. And it's like, yeah, it's just, just super Take fun adventure. Take our baby to China for yeah. the summer with a bunch of college yeah. students. It yeah. was amazing. <laughs> Actually, that was a great trip. But that was anyway, a lot of fun. That's cool. Um, so when, when did those first conversations between you two actually start happening? Like when did things start opening up and... How did that feel, those first talks? I want to say it was a year or two after you left staff. I or think within that's, those two years. I think that's about right. It was it was in the time after I left staff. Uh, and I, I, I don't really remember like what I said. I think there was something where I just knew this was a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. And... I felt like I needed to say it, even though I didn't necessarily have like a fully necessarily thought out. Here's why here's X, Y, Z. Yeah. It was like a, 
I don't know what I think about this anymore. I'm pretty yeah. sure I use a phrase very similar to that. Um, well, and so I would imagine something that, different. Yeah, I was just going to add to it. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> I was just going to, I was just going to say, I, I would imagine that for Ben, you probably feel like you're, going through these thoughts, you're processing all these things, maybe having doubts that you haven't really been able to express to anyone else. What was that like in your relationship? I mean, did it feel like, I would imagine it would feel like you were separated from Andrea in a way, like before mm -hmm. you could kind of share all that. Is that true? I think a little bit. I don't really remember that, that feeling exactly. Yeah. What I do remember is feeling like if I say this, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, okay. It felt like a really scary thing to admit. Yeah. For all the reasons that Andrew was just talking about, like our whole lives were about this. This is the mm -hmm. thing that brought us together. This is like when we pictured what we were going to be doing, you know, for the next few decades, like right. it was going to be this. And yeah. I was suddenly going, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. And yeah. it was very scary to, to even think about saying that out loud to her. Yeah. We were, I mean, that was also a season where we were just in the throes of having two very young children. I think we okay. had like, at that point a two-year-old, then we had a three-year-old and a newborn. And so it was oh easy gosh. to not explore. Not at the same time. That's kind of no, all no. happened. But <laughs> yeah. just, that, just that it was, um, it made it in some ways easier because your life's just kind of full of babies at that point. Sure. To not intentionally make space to talk about those things. What I do remember yeah. is when you did start articulating things, I don't think I will say I did not respond well at all. So when you asked, how did it go? I say, Joe, it went bad. terribly. It was very not bad. Well. Um, okay. Not well. Not great, Bob. I remember, we, so we had an idea at some point, I think as we were trying to figure out how do we relate to each other if we're not connected about this, we're like, hey, let's start a podcast for like people exploring this and we'll just like explore together our own process. But we yes. haven't talked about any of it. So we sit down to right. record the first episode and we opened with, let's just each share where we're at spiritually. And that was the first time that Ben articulated. I said, I'm a like, I called myself an atheistic agnostic. Yeah. Or like a functional, like technically an agnostic, but yes. really functionally an atheist. That was the first time he'd said those words yeah. aloud. And I, what I imagine happened is like color drained from my face. I got <laughs> very hot. I didn't know what else to say next. Like we just kept like fumbling through this, like, 45 minute terrible conversation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then afterwards, I probably cried a lot. And we, we, it was just right. Like, first we realized, oh, hey, here, here, what it really revealed is, oh, there's a whole, there are all these conversations we actually haven't had together. So yeah. we probably have no business having that in front of other people or trying to record <laughs> that. Um, but that was kind of the beginning of a series of difficult conversations. I just know, I didn't know how to engage yeah. with your questions or, how to process what we were experiencing. Yeah, I, I can imagine. So did you actually record that first conversation? Yeah, we did. Oh, have you, did. Have I don't you, know have you I listened to it? it? I did. I did like right <laughs> after we recorded it. Did you? But like it's it's buried in a hard drive somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's a treat for another day. You'll find yeah. that in five years and listen back. Yeah, that so, might actually be interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Katie and I recently just found a bunch of voice memos on our phone from like 2012 and 2013 and it was just us like talking about random stuff but it was <laughs> it's weird to listen to yourself talk i don't know it's weird <laughs> yeah that'll be a treat when you when you someday listen to that one <laughs> um have a glass of wine loosen up and then yeah right a couple <laughs> glasses of wine so i was gonna ask when when that bomb was dropped essentially when you're recording that podcast do you remember what like what your reaction was I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of, you had a lot of feelings, I'm sure, but yeah, yeah you articulate I think, that. Um, if I had to, right, it's kind of tricky because I'm like, what was I, what was I feeling in the moment? Because really what I felt in the moment was that like lizard brain, just like <laughs> fight, flight. I think I froze in that moment is probably what I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think emotionally, as I think about um, what I felt in the kind of after time of that, I felt confused. I felt angry. I felt disappointed. Um, I felt sad. I think I felt, I mean, on some level, I think I wallowed in a lot of self-pity for a while. Because again, mm. I'm like, I don't know anybody experiencing this. I don't know what to do with this. Uh, I definitely wasn't thinking about, I think, how to engage with you or what it looked like to connect with you or what you needed in that. I felt pretty stuck in my yeah. own 
um, vortex of strong feelings. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could, I bet. And so you are still working with university at that time then too. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that adds another element into the mix. Yeah. It did. Um, yeah. I mean, Ben's departure from that work definitely was the catalyst for my own coming up with an exit plan because there was a way that I think his questions, um, while we weren't landing in the same place, I think there was something about his freedom to ask questions that helped me access the questions I had that I had been sure. resistant to or avoiding. But it definitely was a strange, it was a strange experience to go from, hey, we work together to, hey, I work for this place. And I've been, I worked for five more years for them, right? As, as mm-hmm. Ben was, I think, being able to articulate with more clarity, his own sense of, yeah, I don't believe any of this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you had that first conversation, which there were a bunch of reactions to. What did those subsequent conversations look like? Like, were you guys able to, were you able to talk about it after that? Or was it still kind of a, a matter of where Ben, maybe you felt like you needed to dish things out more slowly or like. Was it just everything is blown wide open? I I don't remember like exactly. I, I know that at some point we we got to a place where we realized, okay, it's not either of our like this isn't gonna work if we're each trying to like convert the other person. Yeah. Right? Like if yeah. I'm trying to go, look, let me tell you how dumb Christianity is, and you come over with me and we'll be awesome agnostic <laughs> atheist people. And then if she's like, You need Jesus, bro, like, <laughs> like let yeah. me like, I cast this out of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like leaving tracks on my on your pillow. pillow case. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like just kind of getting the point, like that's that's not gonna work. Yeah. There has to be something else that we do. And I, I knew like, this is a thing that is important to me and like Andrew's faith in life is, is important to her. And so it would kind of suck if that's not still something that we could talk about together to figure out a way to do that. And I don't remember exactly how we got there, but I think we landed on a place where it's like, well, we can be still be curious about one another. Like I can know this matters to you and I understand it. So like, I can ask questions and I, I don't want like your ministry job to be terrible. Like I don't want to like secretly be rooting for you guys to fail. Like that sucks. <laughs> um, so I can, I can ask questions. I can say, like, Hey, how did it go? Like, what do you, what do you guys talk about? What are you thinking about? Um, or like when you uh, would go to church and I'd stay home and I go, Oh, what, how was church today? Like, what did they talk about? You know? And, and to not go like, to not ask in a way that I'm just trying to like get in my own thoughts and I'm just, yeah, to, well, what about right. this, 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 uh, right. Like, yeah. Um, I think that would just kind of make me an ass really more than anything else. <laughs> right. Um, and then to kind of reciprocate that as well. Like when I, I do less like functions that uh, like, I don't have a structure like church or something where, you know, you could regularly ask how it is, but I do feel like, yeah, we, we have the like exchange of ideas and understanding one another like has been happening. And when that does, I think it's really great. Yeah. And, I mean, the thing that really helped in that was going to therapy yeah. together. Um, <laughs> yeah. I really feel like um, our therapist helped us come up with how to create spaces where we could both be curious to one another, even gave us some structure that worked for us to have yeah. really intentional conversations um, that I feel like that was super yeah. helpful. Cause I remember another conversation along the way where I did go like full apologetic mode, um, which was very special. <laughs> yeah, how I, did like, that go? <laughs> I didn't go well. Again, it was like, I remember Ben had said some things and in my, like, there was no, even though where right, if I was like coaching another person, like, Hey, like practice curiosity. You want to be a curious person. Here's how to ask some questions. None of that was going on. Right. And what I did was think through like, okay, if I were analyzing the holes in his argument or what he's thinking about, here's what I'd come back with. So I came out with some line about like, 
oh, so you want to like live in a world with Judeo-Christian values, but you don't want to like believe it. And he was like, what the F, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. And I quickly, like, I remember his response. And I, what I remember thinking is, I think I've made a huge mistake. Oh, no. <laughs> um, um, just being like, oh, wow, that was terrible. Like, I think I wouldn't wish that on anybody else, but that's what I did, right? Like that's yeah. in my like trying to grasp for some kind of like, let me make this make sense. Um, so personally, I, I feel like it took, um, for me, I don't know that you experienced this, but for me, it was being in therapy together where I felt like one, I was challenged by my lack of curiosity and ability to engage from a place of being curious about Ben's process and being intentional mm-hmm. about asking about that. Um, because it just scared me. Um, yeah. and it, 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 right. The primary feeling was just like, it, it, it would highlight how out of control I felt about lots of things in our life. Um, sure. But it was having a kind of a neutral party that could call that out and then say, okay, you don't have to feel shitty about that. Like, here's some tools to help you learn how to do this. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was helpful. Yeah. Oh, no, that <laughs> the thing we really helpful. actually landed on, just to be like more specific about it, we called it, it, it sounds dumb, but it was like show and tell where like, uh, we would just take turns and what we would find like a podcast or an article or a book or something that were like, Hey, this really meant a lot to me. Or I I found this was really interesting. And maybe like, I'm really connecting with what the people said in this. Mm -hmm. Do you listen to it? And then, then we can set a time where we just, you know, in the summer, we just like, each grab a glass of wine and go sit out on our back deck and just talk about it and, yeah. and ask questions about it. Um, and, you know, it would be like, okay, so you shared this podcast with me. Why did you like it? And I'd say, oh, yeah. well, because I thought I connected with this part and this part and this part. Um, I don't know what I thought about this, blah, blah, blah. And then like, turn it over. Okay. As you listened, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah. And then we just kind of have a conversation and those conversations were almost always like really good. Like we would walk away going, Oh, this is, this is, that was a lot of fun. And, and yeah. feeling like we were really connecting um, and understanding each other. Like you, you gave me a book that was about a woman whose husband left the faith and it was all the things that she dealt with. And you were like, ah, this book really spoke to me. And I just, I read it and I was like, Oh yeah, I can see like, I could start to see what is it like for the person whose spouse changes faith. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm more, I've been more focused on like, gosh, what does it mean for me? Like, I don't believe this anymore, but like my whole social circle does. Ah, right. But it's like, Oh, it's actually really hard for you too. Yeah. Interesting. And how can I be more helpful in that? Yeah. So it sounds like at least at the point you guys are describing, you're communicating really well, or at least able We're to communicate learning. well. <laughs> yeah. But so <laughs> From like from the time you had that first conversation you tried to record up until when you ended up going to therapy, what was the what was the communication like from that point? I think there were bits and places of places where it was good and places where it, it wasn't. I would describe it as like we tried. We were trying, <laughs> okay. you know. Yeah. Like I think both probably because we come from families that were pretty conflict avoidant and then um, I think conflict avoidance was pretty prevalent in the ministry world we came out of too. We just sure. called it other things, right? Like <laughs> yeah. we put a nice peacemaking. Little, yeah, we, we uh-huh. put a nice peacemaking and shiny labels on it. Um, but uh, so I think we got better at when we did talk intentionally about it, listening, right, asking questions, trying to like dig down underneath to like what was the fear or what was the value that was undergirding like whatever what each of us was saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think there was still a level to which it felt like kind of fumbling through, like fumbling along and even creating a path where we felt like we have no guide for this, right? Like, yeah, right. No other people that were trying to do that, even though statistically there's lots of people in mixed faith marriages, right? Or like that's, that's a very normal or thing. Suddenly mixed. Yeah. It was not normal right. in our world. So it, it did feel like, we didn't talk about it often. We tried to focus on the things we could collaborate on, like parenting and the things we en- still enjoyed about our partnership and sh- and shared. Yeah. Um, but I think the, yeah, the intentionality of our conversations 
really in the last 18 months is what kind of exploded in a good way, I think, with realizing, hey, we need some help. We need help knowing how yeah. to do this. Yeah. And, okay. and as you said, like, there's no, I don't know what you said, there's no guides. There's, we, there's no examples of it in our life. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's an interesting thing when you, like, go over those traditional wedding vows. You're like, oh, in sickness and health, mm-hmm. rich or poor. But, like, never in there is, like, in faith and in doubt. Like, no one yeah. is saying, hey, it's possible that one of you might seriously change what you believe about faith and religion and God. Yeah. Like, that's just not even entertained as an option. And I understand why no one in the like evangelical world or Christian world, like wants to like admit people leave plan on this. That. Right. And it's yeah. actually like, okay, when that happens, of course, uh, yeah. but it, it, it does make it. So when that does happen, you're like, I don't know what to do. How does this even work anymore? Yeah. Right. Um, Oh, that's great. Um, so what did the process of looking for and finding a therapist look like? Were you guys both on the same page right away? Like, oh, we should go see a therapist or a, what did you see a therapist or was it a couple's counselor or what? At first I think it was, she was a therapist and then she recommended someone who did more work with couples. Um, and so we transitioned and that was great. I'm really glad that she felt like she didn't feel equipped to help us navigate what we were navigating. Um, yeah. But then she recommended someone who was really great. So we like just gave him a shot and it was. I mean, I, I think we were both on the same page yeah. in terms of openness to talking yeah. to someone. We're, we're both, we are both very pro therapy, yeah. like coming into things. Okay. That's gotta For be all helpful. the flaws yeah. in the, like, in the like ministry culture we came from, like therapy was actually very, like people were very pro therapy in, in where we like in our ministry. So yeah, it didn't feel weird to say we should see a therapist. Okay. So that was something like that idea was floated pretty quickly and you guys are kind of both on board with that pretty quickly. Okay. And we would probably, we would have just done it anyway. I think at some point, like. Someone had given us the advice, like in uh, the guy that married us actually had said like, you know, he and his wife, they just had made a commitment. They would go every five years to check in with a therapist, whether or not there was something going on just to have another pair of eyes and help them navigate whatever was coming up at that point. Um, We definitely missed the five-year mark, but it felt we, that advice had just kind of stuck in our heads. Like, Hey, if at any point this feels helpful, do it. Don't, uh, don't hesitate on that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Cause I, I know I hear a lot of couples who are going through something similar. One partner is deconstructing their faith and the other one is wants to hold on to that. And a lot of times communication will just stop or, or both parties will feel so personally offended or so personally hurt or so betrayed or whatever that like communication just stops completely. And it sounds like in a way you guys may have avoided that stage um, and kind of kept converse or kept conversation going, even if they maybe weren't the best at the beginning. And it's, I mean, I think I'm really lucky that Andrea is generally like open and curious person. Except when I was well, (laughs) I was like, I know you're enough to know, like, okay, this is like, you're, you're in the stress of it. Like, right. But I get when I, hear stories of people who they say like, I don't know if I believe anymore. And their spouse just like flips out because like, there's no room for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel really lucky that as hard as it was, you've said like, kind of you communicate like there's space for that in this relationship, you know, um, we're working to create this to make this relationship as safe as possible for both of us to be where we are and be who we are. Yeah. And that, that takes a lot of work from both, both parties. Um, And it, I think it does mean that on some level you kind of hold the beliefs a little looser Mm. Um, because if they are the most important thing that must be held at all costs and must be defended, well then I don't under, I don't know how I don't know how it happens over that. I, there's people who make it work, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to like just project like that's the, like if it's if it's not like ours, then it can't work. Like I don't know. <laughs> right. Of course. Um, but I I feel really grateful that Andrew was uh, seemed like more committed to the actual relationship than the, than to the ideal of what the relationship was like supposed to be. I see. Yeah. 
So what were, what were some of the major, like, I guess, pain points in navigating this mixed faith marriage together? Cause obviously you weren't mixed faith at one time and you were kind of both on board trying to create this thriving union. Yes. And now that's fractured in some way. What were kind of the, some of the harder things that you guys had to resolve on each end? Did you write down stuff about like, how you feeling about, yeah, do you want to do that one? Yeah. So um, one of them for me was just the experience of still for me, valuing going to some kind of worship service, right. Or church experience and yeah. suddenly doing that alone um, was more painful than I thought it would be. Like, even mm. though, even though I would show up in a place, I'm like, nobody cares, right? You're like, who I am or who I'm with or not with. I still felt this, like, uh, like, I felt like every time I walked into the, you know, sanctuary, it was like this, oh, I used to walk in with this other person and now I'm just here and I'm yeah. surrounded by other people, but I feel totally alone. Um, yeah. And so that was that, that, was a painful that has been a painful part of just navigating. Like, what does it mean to feel like I am partnered, but I show into this show up to this very significant space in my life and Mm -hmm. feel very single or alone. That was, that's kind of how I described it. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, what was helpful in getting over that? Or is that something that's still kind of just continually been a bit? Yeah. I mean, I think that's still been there. I think, um, one of the things, so uh, f- for myself, I think it's made me really think about um, the way that in the evangelical world, like m- marriage or being coupled is so like central to like how the programs function or yeah. how, right? So I think it on one level, it made me think about like, what is this experience like for people who don't have that or want that? Like, what does it mean that that is the kind of relationship that's centered in everything that we do? Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of, I think there's a pro I think that's a problem. Um, yeah. I just felt more aware of that and more um, on some level, like more, I think empathetic to that experience. Sure. Um, it made me want to connect with other people in the community who that was their experience. Like just feel like, Oh, I, sh- I, there's something I share with you now that we didn't share before. Um, that just felt like an, like an in or a way to connect. Um, yeah. The other thing that's happened, I think it opened up conversation for us. And it was actually when I read that book and yeah. this, this author was describing the pain of that experience or how she experienced that, that to me was the first time I was hearing somebody else articulate that feeling like, Oh, that's what I feel too. Oh, that that's not weird. Like it's not weird that I'm experiencing that loss or grief. Okay. Um, and so I think as Ben and I talked about it, um, some of where we landed was because his weekend is Sunday and Monday. Um, what would it look like for me to not attend services one Sunday a month? Is it so we get extra? So we get kind of concentrated family time since yeah. Sunday's the only day that we're home with all the kids, and then um, right, Ben. Yeah, and then like the church that she goes to, like <laughs> as far as like churches that are evangelical adjacent that are trying to be like really healthy. I go like, I can go to this church once a month. And like, it's, it's really like, I can handle it. I understand that for some people stepping into a church building is like deeply triggering and like a sure. traumatic experience. So for me though, I'm like, I can go to this church once a month. I'm yeah. friends with the pastor. I know a lot of the people who are here. I like a lot of these people. Uh, I'm if, if me, showing up there once a month is a thing that is like really helpful for Andrea. Like I can do that. That's not a problem. And so when, when we're actually back to in-person stuff, whenever that happens, (laughs) um, that's something we're going to implement. Yeah. So that's sort of what the, that was as we kind of processed that that was the compromise of figuring out, well, how do, is there a way to make this work in some ways for both of us? Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're going to try. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I, that's something I, I didn't really think about is like literally just like the practical act of going to church on Sundays and the implications of that and, you know, differences and which partner wants to go and not want to go and stuff like yeah. that. I'm and generally I, thinking about like the theoretical, like, you know, existential things and those kind of questions, yeah. which I'm no, sure you guys have that too. That's but. So interesting because I think for me, it was, it, it was that practical piece that felt the most live. Like, wow. I think I felt really open to like the theoretical stuff, like, 
I feel like a lot of what I used to think were like these sacred beliefs, um, I don't hold them in the same way. Like I hold them much more loosely because I'm partnered with someone whose experience is so different and that experience has changed how I view belief or how I view that process. Um, yeah. But it was the pra- it was that lived practical, just walking in those doors alone that felt the most um, live, I guess. Yeah. And I had yeah. no idea that you were feeling that way. Like that, I didn't know how hard that experience had become for you until we had that conversation about the book. And that's when you were able to express that. And I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that before. And I'm absolutely willing to do something to make that a little less painful, you know? So. Yeah. And what was the name of that book? It seems like that's probably something people Blessed are the nuns. It's called Blessed are the nuns. Spelled N-O-N-E-S. Okay. I'll put a link to that in the description of the notes too. It sounds like that was pretty helpful for you too. Yeah, it was, it's a good book. It's a it's a memoir, right? So it's not, it's it's definitely not a person who's like, here's how you do it. Here's the answer. Yeah. Yeah. This happened to me and it was hard. And here's how we're navigating it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any other um, topics or, or thoughts that were especially hard to kind of resolve between yes. the two of you? Yes, yeah. there were. Um, so yes. <laughs> 100% joke. <laughs> um, you know, as, as I'm sure many people listen to this podcast know, like when you have a very significant shift in your faith or if you lose it altogether, like it makes you reevaluate all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, you're like, I mean, so for... For me, one of those ways was in the realm of sex and sexuality. Um, I'm not going to get into like the details of it here. Sure. But like, what will be surprising to probably nobody is that like my views on kind of some of the like sacred cows of evangelical sexuality dramatically changed. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it took a while to like kind of process through things. But I realized that there was one place where I still didn't feel like I could talk to Andrea about it. And I was like, that's, that feels really awful to me that there's like, we're, we're, we're learning how to talk to each other. There's a lot that like we're, we're connecting. And then there's this thing, there's this huge thing that I just can't say. Yeah. And it was really bugging me. It was really weighing on me. And so I, as clumsily as humanly possible was like, I, can we talk about this? I remember saying, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And then when I did, she's like, what the hell? That was a humongous. <laughs> <Yeah. deal." laughs> it's funny now. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm glad you can laugh about it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a year and a half of therapy later. We're yeah. About it. yeah. But um, that was really difficult. Extremely difficult. Cause mm-hmm. you're revealing a very vulnerable thing and you know, your partner has a, like drastically different view and experience. And um, I don't know what other words I'm throwing there, but just a very different feeling about that, that particular thing. Yeah. And the first several times we tried to talk about it, I'd say we ended up more upset at the end than we did when we started, I think, because we would get into the mode where, we're trying to convince one another. And it was just like monologue on top of monologue on top of monologue, like competing monologues. And so yeah, that's never good. Therapy was, um, I think just having, it was having someone who could say like, okay, instead of thinking any topic you're going to talk about is like the end all be all that everything rests upon. Can we just examine it hmm. as not the end all be all. And then build and, Again, I, I don't know. I feel like broken records just saying therapy, therapy, therapy. But it was like, <laughs> it was life-changing. Really, really yeah. was life-changing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that you two are able to sit here and talk to me about this and, and laugh about the hard conversations you have. And I, you guys look so cute together. And I just, I feel like <laughs> I just really, <laughs> it, it's... It's inspiring. You know, I, a lot of people go through this and they don't end up feeling the way you do. And it's not, not that everyone needs to have the same process and everyone needs to, totally. s- to stick together and all of that. You know, everyone ha- is on their own journey. But I, I do feel like you two talking about this is really inspiring. And it, and it makes mm-hmm. it seem like, oh, like this can be okay. Like this doesn't necessarily have to be the worst thing in the world. Like we can grow yeah. from this. We can still have a relationship. We can still communicate all of that. Yeah, um, yeah so that's, I'm really 
really well, happy that you guys ways, are sharing. Yeah. And in many ways, like the work that we've been doing has been teaching us that this experience has actually like deepened the kind of conversations we have. Cause we're not, there's so much that we just don't take for granted anymore mm. that we don't assume, Oh, like, well, I'm in this ministry, you're in this ministry, therefore we think X, Y, Z. We're like, actually, what do you think about that? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and it means that you have to you have to go there and you have to name some things, you have to wrestle through stuff. Um, which if you can do that well, if you can really learn to listen to the other person um, so that they feel heard and then you feel like you're safe enough to share what you have to say and you feel heard, like that's a, you can, your relationship can really be stronger that way. It yeah. takes a lot of work to get there. And I suspect we're going to continue working on that for a long time, but it's, it's a kind of a, it feels uh, backwards, right? It feels like, Oh no, you left faith. What's like, that's going to like just damage your relationship. And like, oh, well, actually maybe it made it a little stronger. Yeah. Uh, just because we now have to, there's things we can't avoid dealing with anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Do you feel like those, you know, those topics that you, Ben, especially maybe had a really hard time bringing up as you're first processing through things, have those conversations gotten easier and like more frequent as time went along? Uh, I would, I would think I would say yes. I don't think it's, it's still not like a, um, oh yeah, we could just like bring it up and laugh about and stuff. Like we still, I think, well, I remember bringing something up just a, I don't know, a few weeks ago that you had a pretty strong reaction mm-hmm. to, and I then had a pretty strong reaction to your strong reaction. And I think we kind of like took some breathing time and then we're like, what just happened there? Something happened. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's reconnect and like talk about, okay, when I said this, what happened for you? Yeah. You know, and then you're able to articulate, I think it was this, I think I was feeling this way. And I go, ah, okay. Yep. I can understand that here's how I was feeling. What can we do differently next time? You know, to, or something yeah. like that. Like it feels weird to just be vague about it. We do want to be vague about it, but like, no, that's fine. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> all these things kind of follow a certain cycle, you know, and there's going to be a hundred different topics that you have to deal with and you have to talk about as you're going yeah. through this faith change. And I think in a lot of ways, you probably approach those conversa- conversations in a similar way. Um, yeah. And it, it sounds like the way that, you two have been doing it is working where even if one of you does have a really strong reaction to it, you're able to kind of reel that back in and take a breath and be like, Whoa, wait a minute. Like we're both reacting right now. What's actually like at the heart of what we're trying to communicate to each other. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's one of those, I think learning to view things like that. I think other guests have maybe said something like this, but like that to kind of, that's just information, right? Yeah. Having that real strong reaction is just, Ooh, something happened. Like, yeah, that was yeah. a thing. <laughs> right. What was that? Yeah. Rather than going, oh my gosh, you made me so mad. Ah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Just totally. I don't, I don't hulk out like that. Right? <laughs> 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 was that the kind of communication style you two were able to have before your change in faith? Or is this something you learned through this process? I don't think we have. We had some communication skills because I think we had a pattern with when there was disagreement, we were able to stay in the conversation and get to the point where we could listen, right. And kind of ask the questions and dig underneath. But I don't, I, I don't know how you feel about this. I don't think I was as quick to figure out like, I'm having a strong emotional reaction. What's going on for me? How do I own that for myself and not make like, not kind of spew that out into (laughs) the interaction. So Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I felt like, um, from my end, I'm like, Oh, I like, I think what I had, I had been in therapy for myself at other points in my life. So I think Mm -hmm. I also had this sense of like, well, I know how to communicate. I had to, (laughs) so it was actually super humbling to realize the ways that like, no, you just take up a lot of space emotionally. You're not vulnerable. You're just very emotive, but that's not the same thing. Um, and uh, that I to to just own like oh I'm not very good at identifying and paying attention to what I'm feeling and why and doing my own work first before we engage in conversation. So I don't I didn't do that before this process. Like whatever yeah. we were doing before, I think we've gotten a lot better at it now. 
Yeah. Like, and the, the, maybe the, the stakes of the conversations can get a little higher now, like where we couldn't necessarily deal with certain levels of things before. Um, Yeah. And, you know, Andrew said like, Oh, I, I, I realize like I take up a lot of space emotionally. I would, I realized that I would like not take up any space emotionally. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know how to have my feelings enter into a conversation, especially if my feelings made you upset. Cause then I was like, well, that was bad. Whatever mm-hmm. it was that I wanted was bad. So, but n- I'm learning to go, this is how I feel. And your response to it is not my responsibility, but you still and so we're going to deal with we're learning how to do that but i don't think we had tools for that before yeah yeah no that's great that i it's interesting so it sounds like ben you needed to learn to be able to take up space for yourself express your feelings even if andrea wasn't going to have a positive reaction to it and andrea you realized that maybe you needed to check your emotional reactions before projecting them on Ben and now you guys can communicate better because of that. Yes. No, that's beautiful. That's great. Um, are there any, so that's, that obviously seems like a major improvement that kind of came through <laughs> going through all this. I mean, you'd always hope that when you go through something really hard, you can come out on the other side of it, like better than you were in the beginning. Is there anything else that stands out as um, like ways that your relationship has improved since going through this? Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like um, this is related to our relationship, but how we parent or thinking about the kinds of conversations we're even haven't gotten into that yet. Like the kind of of conversations we're having about like, well, what do, how do we make space for our kids to hear honestly from each of us? Right. Like how do we model what it looks like to say, well, daddy believes this about this. Mommy believes this. No one really knows for sure, but here you have examples of two people that approach it really differently and you get to decide and you get to explore um, and figure out. So I, um, I don't know what kind of parents we would have been if that hadn't been the case, yeah. um, but I like the way we're parenting and the way we're, I think, creating openness and space for our kids to figure out who they are and what they think about lots of things. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's what I would have brought to our parenting if we hadn't gone through this. Sure. Yeah. I'm curious what was, I mean, before you went through this, what would have been your plan of raising your kids? I would imagine raising them in the church, probably the same that you both were brought up. We just both had this big exhale at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I think what I think is like pure indoctrination and no like questioning of but what like, that, was, that wasn't. No, okay. That wasn't how we rolled, you know, even when we were both in it. No, but I think that's because we're both like, we like to critique and analyze and put yeah. things apart. So I think we would have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that we would have had any problem just saying like, yeah, kids, like you're going to, you know, Sunday school church, and we don't care. We're, I, I don't know that we would have paid that much attention to what mm-hmm. they were being shaped by. Yeah. You may feel differently. I don't, I don't know how much we would have. I think it, I think maybe would have been like resigned just like, and we're going to have to like have them unlearn a bunch of this stuff later to have a more healthy view of Jesus. And like realizing like, if we're going to be part of this church, they're going to get whatever the like crummy kids ministry stuff is. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then we'll have to like, actually this story of David is a bit more nuanced than this little (laughs) coloring. Sure. uh, Would have you believe. (laughs) And the story of the Ark is not a great kid's story, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but now, now I feel, I feel pretty comfortable um, with the, with the, like what we, what Andrew said, like, yeah, some people believe this, some people believe this, you know, yeah. or, um, and we have a like children's Bible stories written by Desmond Tutu that they occasionally want to read. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a reaction. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to read this. But I'm like, they want to read it. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and if they're going to read a children's Bible, I guessing Desmond Tutu is probably like a decent person to learn from. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, I, they just do funny things like our four-year-old, we have a they have pretty cool painting in our living room of Jesus calming the storm. It's a very, it's by a it's by Chinese, artist. Chinese artist. Yeah. It's, it's very stylized. I like it a lot just from a like color and shape 
perspective but he yeah. like, he's like he was talking about god and someone was like who and he's like that one over there and he points to <laughs> but then the next sentence he'll just say you know mom i don't think god's real i'm like cool tell me more about that right like so it doesn't yeah okay. i think that um where we've at least where we've what we've tried with them now is they were when when church was a thing that we physically went to they could come <laughs> if they wanted or they didn't have to it was just like do you want to spend time with dad this morning or do you want to come with me and mostly it was like they wanted the donut or whatever that was available, <laughs> you know, like in the after, uh-huh. after service time. So I think just um, letting letting them explore, yeah, what each of us bring. Yeah, I remember being at the library with our oldest uh, a couple years ago, and we were he went he like grabbed a book about volcanoes and we're reading that or something, and they talking about like oh, in the old days people thought the gods did this. And he's like, what does that mean? And I try to explain. Mm-hmm. And I just go, Oh, like, what do you think about God? And he goes, I think he just said like, I believe in God. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. And uh, we just moved on. And like, I was like, I don't want to make a big deal about it one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, because they're kids. Uh huh. So, right. Uh, I want them to play and have fun. I don't want them to worry about, do they believe the right things? Sure. Yeah. So Andrea, was that, was that like a transition you had to make or like, what about your philosophy in the beginning? Yeah. Okay. And I would say it's probably a transition I'm still making. Right. Because it feels like, um, yeah, I think the expectation, right. If you grow up in the church, which is what I did is that you're going to create a, you're going to establish your own Christian family. You will mm-hmm. raise your children <laughs> as Christians, right? And like that is what that is the definition of being faithful, right? Like yeah. that, so. So I think to you know, I remember even being in um, uh, a, a meeting at the the church I'm a part of now. Um, it was for it's it's small. There's um, the I don't know what to call it, like the kids ministry, it, it was going through a lot of transitions. So they're asking what families wanted and we had all submitted ideas via email. And I said something about like avoiding fundamentalism and how the kids were being taught. And I watched another couple just like give each other like side eye. At each other, <laughs> like It was very much like, uh, like, what does that mean? Right. Like, that's yeah, how I interpreted yeah. it. And I was like, Oh, like I'm the heretic in your midst. Right. Like that's, oh, what, that's no. what it felt like. <laughs> Um, but I think it it has been a transition to think like, well, what I want for what I want more than anything is for my kids to be free to figure stuff out. And I didn't have that process as a kid. Um, and so, yeah, it's a transition because that's like you're you're in the world I come I come from, you're supposed to be scared of that. That's the most terrifying thing you could do, right? You're actually being a yeah. bad parent potentially. Um, so I think there's still a residual level of that that I have to like, press through in myself or just letting go of like, well, that's the story I was told. I don't think that needs to be the story that I, that I live in. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a huge transition. Okay. Yeah. That's no, that's, that makes total sense. I'm curious, did for you, Andrea, as well, do you feel like going through this process and it sounds like your faith has shifted some, at least, yeah. um, do you feel like it's enriched your kind of Christian experience or has it minimized it? Or I'm just curious how, you know, how no, you feel. About I think it that. has, I do think it has enriched it. Um, okay. I remember a couple years ago, I was, it was my, my turn to have a, sabbat, a six month sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Um, and by this point is, is gone from air varsity, but I'm still there. And I decided to meet with um, a spiritual director once a month, to just process through my life. And um, mm-hmm. I chose somebody from a Catholic background, because I just wanted a different, I just wanted to, I wanted to interact with someone who came from a different tradition than me. Um, and we talked about lots of things over those, you know, one meeting a month for six months. And at the end, I said like, hey, here's this other thing that's going on in my life. Like my husband has like, you know, deconstructed his faith entirely and no longer has a faith. Like my faith has, yes, shifted. Um, mm-hmm. we, ta- we used a lot, the language in those sessions was a lot about how my frame for what faith looked like or what relationship with the divine looked like had was getting rebuilt in a bigger way, in a more expansive way. Yeah. Um, and I just remember her looking at me at the end and saying like, I think this is so good. Like think of the frame, like your kids will have because of the relationship that yeah. you're in, like, because of the way you are getting to navigate, um, 
both of you in your own ways, like mystery and uncertainty in a way that like you weren't allowed to do right as you were growing up, Andrea. Um, and for, for me, that was, um, that, that's the picture that I go back to of how this has enriched my sense of my own Christianity or attempting to follow Jesus is that it does feel like just a much, a bigger frame that is expansive and continues to become more expansive. Um, yeah. and that instead of that being, not that it hasn't been without like fear. Like I think if I had a kind of a default emotional response throughout this process, it's probably been being afraid, but in, I think in walking through those and continuing to connect and work through things together, um, my experience is that like, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the life we have and the partnership we have and the way that our relationship makes room, um, for my faith journey to be a thing and for Ben's journey to be a thing. And that those that can still, I don't even, it's not just even coexist. It's like those things can thrive alongside each other and even collaborate in ways that, um, have been really good. Yeah. We definitely aren't like, we don't just tolerate each other. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like we genuinely enjoy each other's company and, and genuinely enjoy, uh, like learning more about the other person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I I feel like we could talk about this for so much longer, (laughs) but in the, in the effort of keeping it around an hour, um, I'll just end with one more question for you two. Um, if, if you could go back to yourself, uh, right when you started kind of having these doubts, Ben, right before you started having these conversations, what would you have done differently? If anything? I, that, that feels hard. I think just to like, be aware that as hard as this process like was for me, it's also really difficult for Andrea. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I need to be like less upfront about what's going on, but it means like, this is going to be a hard process for both people. And like, Mm -hmm. I think it's weird. I'm going to like throw the Christian phrase, but like have grace for each other. Like, yeah, we're, we're going to have, we're not going to be at our best at times. We're going to say things that hurt. We're Mm -hmm. going to, not know how to respond in ways that are helpful and just to like both stay in it and listen to the other person as much as possible. Mm. Um, I, I don't, I think that's probably what I would do. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, that's a great answer. That's great. Well, I, I really, really appreciate you two coming on. Uh, like I've said a number of times, I think uh, we get a lot of emails and stuff from people, from couples who are, despairing, mm-hmm. you know, going through this process and are lost and feel, like I said, feel betrayed and communication is coming to a standstill. And it's, it's a really hard thing to go through, go through. And I know it was hard for you too, as well. But like I said earlier, I think even just you two being able to sit here and like laugh about the old conversations you have, and I can see your connection together and I can hear it in your voices and the way you look at each other is just, <laughs> I think anyone listening should have hope. You basically that, like, haven't broken eye contact this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> You're just facing, facing each other, yeah. just staring yeah. down. It's a little weird, but it's fine. Super weird. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I really appreciate your vulnerability and just being willing to share what you've shared. So yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks again for well, yeah. inviting us to be on. It really, um, I don't know. I feel like it actually feels like it just feels kind of fun to be able to like recount some of the journey and realize, Oh, like, you know, we will continue to learn and grow, but there's been, there's been a lot of good growth in the last few years. Yeah. Sounds like that. And if, if um, people in the born again, again, Facebook group, like want Mm -hmm. to reach out to us, if they want to talk for whatever reason, like I'm, I'm in there all the time. So like you can find me there and I'm happy to, I want people to be able to feel like there is hope for their relationships if that's what their relationships need. And uh, yeah. if in any way we can be helpful, like we would love to be. Yeah. We obviously don't have all the answers, but like happy to lend an ear. Awesome. Break. I'm going to go on record too and say that you two definitely should start a podcast. 
<laughs> because I would listen to that podcast and I think you'd have a lot of people who follow along as well. So yeah, <laughs> go for it. Probably a healthier, um, a healthier place yeah. to maybe explore that, that, that potential. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks. Thank thanks. you so thanks much. Thanks so much, Joe.